Hey, man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of June 12th, 2023, season 5, episode number 22. This week we talk about Slipknot parting ways with member Craig Jones. A rare Led Zeppelin photo retrospective is going to hit both U.S. coasts later this month. Alkaline Trio drummer Derek Grant steps down after 22 years. Pearl Jam's Stone Gossard gives an update on their new album produced by Andrew Watt, and Tenacious D announces their Spicy Meatball Tour for 2023. Plus, this week in Rock and Roll History Trivia, Weekly WTF, and so much more, all of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. Watch us live every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly, and on demand on YouTube at Rock News Weekly. All right, yes, we are here. It is the Rock News Weekly Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chris here as well as David. What's up? Yeah, hello. How's the week been? Uh, you know, it's been nice. It's been, nice. been uh, Good. a little bit of a relaxation. Good nice. weather this week. Nice weather. It's been our local fair, too, uh, yeah. for everybody. We had Smash Mouth out there on Thursday. It was apparently pretty big. My daughter was there. I thought there. I saw you getting crowd surf. That wasn't I, you? Well, I, I, I do <laughs> usually try to get you crowd had the, surf so I, I can th- get some... Some grope action. It was a guy with Shrek, uh, a Shrek <laughs> bandana that was in the front that stood out the most to me at the Smash Mouth show. So he was all dressed up in his Shrek. That gear. fit right in. You know, I mean, that's right a big in. song on Shrek. Yeah. You know, that's all the kids are all. It's a rage. These have days you seen the, the Shrek, Shrek rave you know. things that they have now? <laughs> no. It's, oh, no, no, it's, no, it's a real thing. It's called a Shrek rave. And it's like at <laughs> the Warfield, the Fillmore. And it's a DJ and everybody dresses up in like Shrek gear and they play songs and it has to do with Shrek. I have no idea, but it's a thing. Okay, you know, I have Shrek to say, rave. I hate Shrek. <laughs> oh, that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, that's a hot take. Right? That is like that. Is, <laughs> No, really, I just uh, can't stand him, huh? Gosh. He's one of those guys. I mean, you know, he's a he's a, he's a polarizing character, right? He, you know, he can he can rub you the wrong way. Truth teller, <laughs> truth teller. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. This week, though, we got lots of things to talk about. This week here of June twelfth, twenty twenty three. Uh, let's get into it. This week's uh, topics, as you just heard, Slipknot parting ways with member Craig Jones. We'll talk about that. Uh, There's a rare Led Zeppelin photo retrospective exhibit that's uh, coming to L.A. and New York this month. Alkaline Trio drummer Derek Grant steps down after 22 years. Pearl Jam's Stone Gosser gives an update on their new album with Andrew Watt producing. And Tenacious D and their big tour. Uh, Everything's up at rocknewsweekly.com. You guys can support us directly, three ninety nine a month. Get exclusive access to uh, our bonus commercials, uh, all of our aftershock festival coverage, all that good stuff. Anchor.fm slash rocknewsweekly slash subscribe. All right, let's get to it this week, though. Uh, you know the drill. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at Rock News Weekly. Big tour announcement. Can we just take a minute to appreciate this uh, artwork on this uh on this fantastic poster here, have they got uh, Socrates stuck in a big? Uh, what what is that? Um, what is that idol? 
that he has in his hand. It, that looks like a phallic shaped. I'm uh, gonna idol. say it looks like a cock and bull. Yeah, a golden uh, golden penis was looks like here. Of course, uh, <laughs> of course, Jack Black. Uh, Jack Black, of course, dress up there as Indiana Jones, and then, <laughs> and then Kyle Gass uh, uh, looks like he squished into the meatball. Is this his last uh, crusade <laughs> here? I don't know. That's a good question. It doesn't say anything like that. Um, but you know the theme. You know. These guys are getting older. Um, I know that is going to be the last Indiana Jones film that's going to be coming out later this month. But pretty topical, but pretty wasn't funny. Wasn't the last one supposed to be the I last know. one too? And then they she always say that out to her, be a horrible person. Yes, couldn't that pass is. the baton. They're like now for his last adventure. Well, they couldn't leave it on that note, so yeah. they had to do yeah. it again, right? So anyway, Tenacious D. This is all looks like European dates, except for a couple on the East Coast. They're going to be doing shaky knees. Um, coming up, well, uh, yeah, this is uh, for, wait, wait, wait a minute, is that May? What, what is this? Yeah, I guess this was earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then happened. So some of those shows in the U.S. already happened, but then look, it looks like we're getting these dates here um, in uh, June in France, and, and I know they're going to be coming to um, Aftershock as well. These are the new dates here. Uh, lots of dates. Uh, looks like Southern Ones, Texas in September, Tennessee, uh, and then lots of dates in the UK coming up here in the month of so June. So if you are in Zurich, head right on down now, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, or well, yeah, or the or, day yeah. you're hearing it now on Monday, right? it's today. Head on down, get on down there, man. Don't miss it. Um, all right, let's move on to the rock news. Um, kind of an interesting departure here from Slipknot, announcing they are parting ways with Craig Jones. Uh, this is the guy that's kind of their. I guess a keyboardist. He's not really the DJ. There's another DJ guy that's kind of the main DJ. This guy, I think, is just maybe special effects, keyboards. I'm not really sure what he does in there. He's number five in the band. And he wears that kind of black rubber mask with a bunch of spikes kind of coming out of it. Uh, I know he's been in the band since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the founding members. Um, and the band released a statement saying, quote, To our fans... Slipknot is announcing we have parted ways with Craig Jones. We wish Jones all the best for the future. And then the band later deleted that statement. Jones joined the band uh, in their first lineup in 1996, shortly after the group had finished recording of their demo uh, album Mate, Feed, Kill, Repeat. Uh, They also shared a mysterious new member photo here. Uh, This looks to be, I guess, the replacement, a new member of Slipknot. They haven't given any details on this guy who he is what his uh, significance is, but that's the photo they shared. So what do you think of all this, David? Uh, I'm going to say... Well, first of all, good terms or bad terms? It sounds maybe to me like bad terms. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like... I mean, you, you've been together for that long. Yep. And despite what he looks like, I don't think it was probably because some long-term perception of his prickly personality. <laughs> he right? just pokes people the wrong way. Yeah, he just pokes people the wrong way. No, I, th- I mean, it has to be something that happened. <laughs> yeah. He's been there from the beginning. Well, you know? Slipknot has had some issues. I know with Joey Jordanson, there was drug use, you know, um, their, uh, their original bass player as well. Uh, there was drug abuse there, so I'm not sure if it's something to do with that. Uh, or otherwise, maybe just creative differences. Maybe they're just kind of growing apart. Um, not really sure. Uh, there's not too many details, but I know Craig Jones was kind of making the rounds, doing podcasts and different things like that. So maybe look into his social media and see what his stance on it. But it sounds like the band's just kind of going with a generic kind of blanket statement. So, yeah. But I mean, this new member is that uh, is that our uh, good pal 
Barry Amundsen? <laughs> oh, it could be. You know, Barry's busy, I think, with quadratic uh, chaos this summer. But at he Corn does Camp. have a penchant for leather and zipper yeah, mouth. Yeah, I think I do right? remember seeing a mask uh, very similar that Larry had. Yeah, yeah. usually yeah. kind of a crop neck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a, he doesn't do the hood, though. He's no, more, yeah, that isn't he's his. more boyish. That isn't his style. He's a little boyish. We'll have to right. see. We'll see. Maybe <laughs> all will be revealed soon. Uh, Alkaline Trio drummer Derek Grant leaving the band after 22 years. This is another um, kind of leaving the band story here. Uh, this looks to be amicable, though, and Derek Grant's choice. Uh, so Grant said in this statement, quote, It's with mixed emotions that I've decided to step down as a drummer for Alkaline Trio. The demands of being in a touring band have become increasingly difficult in recent years, and while this was a difficult decision to make, it's the best thing for me and my mental health. I want to thank everyone who supported the band. Alkaline Trio has the best fans in the world, many of whom I've gotten to know over the years. I'll miss seeing you all. I also want to thank Blair Dickerson for being a true friend and a great manager. End quote. So what do you think of that statement there? I mean, I, I have a couple of questions on this yeah. that you might know something about. The thing that I'm wondering about is... You know, amicable separation. He's still gonna make some money, right? That's a good question. Yes, I would imagine so on past albums and royalties. Right. Yes. I mean, because the thing about it is, from from what I know, is you make most of your money in the tour, right? right. Yes. So I mean, it seems like there's a choice you have to make. Do you want right. to? I mean, because that's grueling. That's heavy stuff, and I don't know what his it family is. situation is. Right, I, I have no idea. I, would, I mean, it's he may one of those have young things, kids. At you know, home. if you've got a, I would hate to be away in that way. Yeah, you know, that or long, you know, something time. with his family, his his significant other, or whatever. Right, right, and maybe it comes to the point where you're like, okay, I got to either choose, if I'm going to make this money on these tours, or if I'm going to just kind of live off of the. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I well, look at this uh, other continuing of his statement. He says, uh, while I'll be focusing more on production music and visual art, I promise you haven't heard the last of me, end quote. So sounds like he's still going to stay involved in music and kind of producing things. Yeah. Visual art. Just but, not uh, just touring. Not the, yeah, not the touring part yeah. of it. Uh, the band released a statement as well. And they said, quote, in light of Derek's decision to step down as a member, we'd also like to send our love and thanks for everything he contributed. It's impossible to put into words all he's done, but we're endlessly proud of what we've accomplished with one another. Beyond the music, we appreciate all our memories, the tours, traveling the world, spending weeks making music in the studio, everything. We love you, Derek, and hope your next chapters will be filled with success and happiness. So that's a great, you know, statement. Now, why couldn't Slipknot do something like that, right? Yeah. Where it's like both of them have their, you know, statement. The band wishes them well, so it's obviously must be a bad situation there with Slipknot because these guys are ending it on good terms, doing the classy thing. Well, Slipknot doesn't give a lot of like long statements, though. They're a little more into the no. You're right. Mate, yeah. uh, eat, kill, <laughs> sleep, whatever. Right. <laughs> well, and every member that's left Slipknot has seemed like it's left on kind of bad or shady terms, whether it's drug use or some kind of a conflict in the band. So, uh, looks like that theme is continuing, unfortunately. Uh, Pearl Jam, though. Pearl Jam guitarist Stone Gossard revealed in a new interview that fans might be getting the band's new album sooner rather than later on a chat uh, on the Kyle Meredith with webcast. Excuse me, that's a weird title. Um, we're getting close to the finish line, he says. Goddard couldn't help but sing the praises of the band's current producer, Andrew Watt, who has produced Pearl Jam frontman Eddie Vedder's um, solo album. And he was behind the boards for the Rolling Stones' latest album, Paul McCartney's latest album, and Ozzy Osbourne's latest album. But you may not know, he's also a pop producer, produced albums from Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, One Republic, Sam Smith, Ed Sheeran, 
Blink-182's latest album, Zac Brown Band, and Maroon 5. So, pretty crazy. Watt is also actually the guitarist for Eddie Vedder's solo band called The Earthlings. So he's a pretty accomplished musician himself and good friends with the band. So Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam kind of went on about the positive vibes he's brought to the latest recording. He says, he's the most pr- hardcore Pearl Jam fan you'll ever meet. He can play all of our songs and all of Soundgarden's songs back at us better than we can play them. It's been such a joy to make a record with him. He's energizing us. Whether Watt's style is more in line with Pearl Jam's classic 90s recordings, he says, you'll have to be the judge of that. The energy Watt's looking for, he's a fan club member. He's seen the band 50 times, but he's also a top-flight pop producer. So I think that's a really cool combination. When you have somebody that has the kind of the training and the sheen and the connections of being a top-tier pop producer, but he also has the musical chops and the, and the genuine passion of being a fan for a band, that's like a killer combo to me, like for a producer. That means he actually understands what's going on with the band. The band obviously appreciates him. He's, he's in Eddie Vedder's side group. So having somebody like that produce your album, that seems like a perfect combo to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, those are really heavy like hitters. The Rolling Stones. For the artists that he's produced, right? right? Producing I mean, take m- take Maroon 5 off the list and like I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll basically I'll everybody else, them, right? No, yeah, um, but that's that's and One Republic for me, but <laughs> <laughs> those are all amazing, talented artists. They really are. And for him to be working with all those guys, he's got to be doing something right, you know. And uh, those albums, Ozzy's latest solo album is killer. It sounds fantastic. It's yeah. one of his best albums. That new Paul McCartney album is really good. Uh, I haven't heard the new Rolling Stones one. Or any of those others. Uh, Blink-182, I've heard some of the new stuff, but they haven't really released anything uh, off of that. But Yeah, I, I mean, I really like that idea. He is energizing us. I like, like that, and I think that's, that's, that's nice. I think that's the key for a lot of these older bands, too, is they have like somebody that's a little bit younger, maybe 10 years younger than them. Got that and, energy. Yep, and uh, that outlook and kind of positivity, so very cool. Pearl Jam's got a bunch of tour dates as well coming up, kicking off in August, St. Paul, Minnesota couple dates chicago on labor day weekend looks like indianapolis texas all that good stuff through september so check out pearl jam on the road and get ready for that new album uh major led zeppelin photo retrospective retrospective hitting both coasts uh run now running at the morrison hotel galleries in los angeles and new york is a new career spanning led zeppelin photo exhibit who is that beautiful shapely woman on the microphone there (laughs) i know right (laughs) look at that long flowing hair right um yes the showings which will run through june 22nd so it's only for a couple weeks it features the last edition signed prints by a lot of the photographers in zeppelin's career um, I don't know a lot of these photographers, but Barry Woolman, Peter Simon, Peter Tarnoff, if those ring a bell, they're some of the most legendary photo- photographers of that time. And these are great high-quality photographs, uh, stuff that's never been seen in the band before. Uh, so it looks really cool if you guys are Zeppelin fans. Um, I think I have a, a thing here on... Oh, yeah, I forgot to turn my web capture on. Huh? Might as well just start doing it now. Um, I think I have a, a thing here, the Morrison Hotel Gallery. I'm going to share it on the screen for everybody watching on YouTube and Twitch. You guys can check it out on our YouTube On Demand. Uh, you're watching live with us every week, 2 p.m. Uh, on Sundays, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. You guys can always check out this stuff as we do it live. So, all right, here's the uh, Morrison Hotel Gallery. So check this out. This is Led Zeppelin, The Exhibition. They are also doing a thing with Frank Zappa, which is pretty cool. It's called Daddy <laughs> Issues, and uh, I really would like to see that as well. But look at some of these gallery pics here from the Zeppelin archives. Um, 
I mean, you can buy these prints. So there's some of them are as cheap as 350 bucks. Some of them are as high as 1500 bucks. Obviously, John Bonham, you know, those are some of the more rare ones because he's no longer with us. But these good shots of Jimmy Page and pretty impressive. Um, yeah. they, and they have a lot of really cool uh, curated collections there at this Morrison Hotel Gallery. Foo Fighters, looks like The Cure, Father's Day, Zeppelin. So uh, check that all out, morrisonhotelgallery.com. More info on that if you guys want to check out that Led Zeppelin exhibit running through June 22nd right now. So there you go. Um, all right, I thought this was a funny story to end the rock news. Uh, Mark Hoppus is suing his neighbor over a sky-high pine tree. Uh, apparently, his wife Sky, Mark Hoppus, suing their neighbor over a pine tree that is blocking their view. According to this lawsuit that was obtained by TMZ, the basis says the neighbor is violating rules adopted by the planning commission they hashed out years ago, which call for her to remove several trees and maintain a pine tree at a maximum height of 15 feet. He's calling for the trees to be maintained and suing for damages. What do you think of that? Fuck you. Do you think that's a little much for Mark Hoppus to... <laughs> 15 foot pine tree what is that that's like come on I mean I guess I mean I can't handle this stuff what view like where does he live like where I, I would imagine Hollywood somewhere like that but I have no idea should have built your house higher I don't, no, know. I don't know the planning commission the planning See, commission will will probably back him that's the key right, right there is the planning commission i think that's the only thing that you would have a lawsuit with yeah it's all well i mean in the end it's all about like how to up property values and stuff and yep. if if the big you know it's billion, blocking you know, the view of rich, the hollywood sign or rich, something you know folk who are going to add a lot of uh <laughs> you know a lot of uh uh publicity to the area they're probably like yeah yeah chop it down yep well, that's or unless we can make him look bad. Sorry, that is true. That is true. I mean, but come on, like, what is? It? I think you should get over Mark. It, Mark. Come, come on, on, Mark. All right, it's time for some birthdays. Let's do it. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! All right, yes, rock birthdays this week of June 12th. David, take it away. All right, Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night is 81, and, and that picture has to be old. No, you know what? I'm glad you said that because I looked. I This was the first one, one of the first ones that popped up, and I said, there's no way in hell this guy looks like this at 81. And sure enough, you Google Chuck Negron or uh, whatever, Negron, however you say it, from Three Dog Night. He is 81, and this is what he looks like. Wow, dude. These are Kudos. recent photos. These are recent photos of the guy. He looks like he could be in Rascal Flats right now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he's a, a, an ex-drug user, and so he's very into rehab, you know, for the past probably, I think, 30, 40 years. So that could probably be a big part of it. He's, he's very taking right, care of right, clean living. Yep, doing that, taking care of himself. So he's still out there trucking at 81. America flag shawl on everything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran is 61. Derek, our Derek Trucks of the Allman Brothers Band is 44. 
And he looks twice the age of, I know. Uh, of <laughs> Chuck. Mr. Negron, right? He looks good, though. Yeah, no, no, no shade. Uh, Dave Navarro of Jane's Addiction is 56. Is that where he is now? That's where he's at. Okay. Yeah, he went, okay. did that little stint in the Chili Peppers for that album, Red Hot Minute, and then after that joined Jane's Addiction, okay. and he's been with them ever since. Uh, so, yep, yeah, still with Jane's Addiction. That's it for the birthdays this week, but let's get to an ad real quick. We were talking about Quadratic Chaos there at Corn Camp. And that is happening this summer, so we want to make sure that you guys get out there. Uh, Barry could or could not be uh, in that uh, new Slipknot uh, mask. Yeah, he might take a new gig. I he heard could. He's, uh, so Quadratic Chaos may be no, a thing no more. continue it. So. You know, we'll have to check it out. Here it is. And now a it. message from one of our sponsors. Oh, man, I just can't get this right. Dang it. Hey, kids. Burpee here. <laughs> well... Y'all planning on packing your bags for card camp this year? No, not really. You have the difficulty of figuring out the complex timing of your favorite corn classics? Five-eighths, four-fourths, seven-eighths? It can be pretty tricky to learn sometimes, right? What if I told you you can learn these complex corn timings all with the elegant simplicity? Of quadratic equations. Uh, I, I guess that sounds cool. It's simply a matter of mathematics. I'm Card Camp's new math teacher. Here to teach you some rockin' quadratic formulas to dissect the timing of your favorite card and song. Cool! I've had quite a history with math and rhythm. Oh, my Sunday school days when the bristles of my mustache were but a downy fluff. Mother demanded a perfect cadence. Discipline. And the truth of eternal forms. Oh, Mother. What fondness and rhythm and timing she fostered in those my tender years. That is until, uh, until, no, no. I can't. Pardon us, Barry. Uh, come back, please. You have a contractual obligation. <laughs> well, back back in my beatnik days, I was entranced by the pulsing cadence of a coffeehouse bongo drum. The rhythmic snapping of fingers. After a cool verse. Spooning the decadence of American vice. But, uh, tired of that scene. Calculating those rhythms was so pedestrian. I needed chaos! I needed anarchy! So I skipped the pond for London and began to thrash. <laughs> Punk rhythm flashed through my head. The rhythm gave me meaning. Solace! But living in a punk house didn't give me scabies, so I, I came home and I went to school. I went to Texas A&M. Math is it's just everywhere, kids. Even in your favorite corn classics, like... Dead bodies everywhere. Y'all want a single. Love and meth. Well, it's Quadratic Chaos. Sign up for Corn Camp's Quadratic Chaos with Barry Anderson now. Go to corncamp.com. Wow, Corn Camp. Always, always just... Sounding like a fun time, and it gets better and better. Quadratic yeah, my, chaos. my daughter just came back from. Oh yeah, how'd she yeah. like it? Uh, she she's kind of she's rocking back and forth a lot. She's yeah, been kind of sitting in her in in just her kind of processing like in the it. corner of her room. Yeah, just kind of dealing like with it. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it can be a lot. She tore the eyes off all of her like stuffed bunnies and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Just singing li- random corn lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Right there on the yeah. <laughs> 
All right, time for some trivia. Let's get to it. How about it? This week in rock and roll history, trivia. Yes, this week in rock and roll history trivia. This week in 1969, one of the founding members of this band leaves and never returns. What band was it? Was it A, Fleetwood Mac, B, The Rolling Stones, C, Pink Floyd, or was it D, David Crosby and some kind of funny and clever cocaine reference that I just can't seem to come up with this week? (laughs) Also a good band from that era. Ah, let's see. Fleetwood Mac, Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd. Who left 1969, right? 1969. Let's go with uh, with, uh, a founding member. Man, Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about rock and roll. Let's see. How's about Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac. It's a good guess. Good as any. All these members lost members, you know, or all these bands lost members of the band. But it actually. The Rolling Stones this well, week. Well, well. This week in 1969, Brian Jones left the Rolling Stones. He was replaced by Mick Taylor the following day on June 9th. And kind of a sad ending to this. In June 1969, they dismissed Jones. Uh, guitarist Mick Taylor took his place in the group. Less than a month later, Jones died by drowning in his swimming pool at his home in Cotchford Farm, East Sussex. His death was referenced in many songs by other bands. Uh, and Pete Townsend, Jim Morrison wrote poems about it. In 1989, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Rolling Stones, but still pretty tragic, right? You got to wonder uh, all the stuff that was going through his head at that time and feeling like he just got kicked out of the, one of the biggest bands on the planet. Yeah. Super tragic, right? Yep. Brian Jones, R.I.P. All right. We got some new rock and metal albums, though, that came out this week. And David's here to fill you in on them. Are you ready, David? Pyrexia. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm I'm ready. All right. I've always been ready. All right, here we go. These new albums in 30 seconds. Avarice, Avarice, The Defiance, Drive, The Envy of None, That Was Then, Extreme, Six, False Memories, Hybrid Ego System, Gardner and James, No Strings, Geld, Currency, Cl- Glass Casket, Glass Casket, Godflesh, Purge, Grand Slam, Slam's Anthem, Johnny the Boy, You, Legend of the Dam, The Poison Chalice, McFly, Power to Fly, Power to Play, Pyrexia, The System of the Animal, Twenty Five, Ramstein, Shush, Three Release, Rat, The Atlantic Years, <laughs> Ray Alder, Two, Scar Symmetry, The Singularity, Chakra, Invincible, Slipknot, Adderall, Stellar Circuit, Sight to Sound. Got it just in time. Boom. Well done. That good. That one well felt. Done. That one felt a lot. Uh, a lot more punchy than the yeah. last time. Yeah. Nice. I got it. You got it. That was killer. Uh, yeah, Slipknot has that new Adderall EP that just came out. Kind of crazy timing. Well, that's how I took my Adderall today. I was able to concentrate <laughs> yeah, there. That's, that's how you did it. <laughs> that's how you pulled it off. All right, well, an update from last week. If you remember, uh, we were talking about Bam Margera uh, threatening to smoke crack under the boardwalk until they gave him his kid back. Well, that didn't look like it worked out too well for him. So wow. now uh, Lamar Odom has a rehab center in Los Angeles that caters to celebrities and different things like that. So Bam Margera is now in Lamar Odom's rehab center. So, so is that the way it works now? It's like you go and because Lamar Odom, I mean, he, he he had the same sort of problem. He right? did. Well, he was also a sexual addict. If you remember, he went he would go to like places like the Bunny Ranch and sleep with tons of women and things like that and he was he was, he was breaking uh, one of the Kardashians hearts yeah right? Chloe 
So he's broken the curse, though. He's really he's helping other people. Well, now. it seems Sorry, like that, I shouldn't joke so much. No, but. no, no. It's true, and I I think that's all you know. And it has its place and in good fun in a way because he's doing good things now, and it's not like yeah, he's still yeah, yeah. being a scumbag or anything like that. Uh, it looks like he's you know taking a cue from all of that and starting to help others out. He's apparently uh, he's been following Bam's story, uh, so he's detoxing at one of Lamar Odom's facilities, um, and. Apparently, he was uh, 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 Bam was released from a psychiatric hold at a facility on Wednesday last week, and Lamar Odom was there to greet him. While the duo may seem unlikely, Lamar's had his eye on Bam's story for quite a while, telling uh, news outlets several weeks ago that he wanted to help out with Bam's situation. Their paths were finally able to cross when Bam was picked up by LAPD over the weekend and placed on a psychiatric hold. Then that's when Lamar stepped in and showed up. Oh, man. Kind of crazy, huh, how it all worked out. But um, I, I, it looks like Bam may be on the right track uh, finally. But I don't know. It's it's tough to say. He's I've seen him in a number of facilities uh, over the past year or two, uh, and it seems like nothing's working for the guy. Well, so. I mean, it just makes you think the uh, – he, he – he I don't know. I People have uh, injuries and various, like – Problems come from that, you know. Thinking about probably some of the, uh, you know, I don't know for sure, but like some of the head trauma that he's taken with various falls. No, and it's stuff true. Like that that I, does something to you. I mean, yeah, you you got a really good point about that. Uh, it's something that we don't we look at it for maybe like um, sports players like CTE, yeah, right, uh, football especially. Yeah. But what about the guys like <laughs> from Jackass? That yeah. have been jumping on, like you're saying, jumping onto a pine tree, you know, 40 feet in the air and the falling down. They didn't cut it down. They should have been 15 <laughs> feet, you know. Yeah, that was uh, at, at, at what? What's you know what? Okay, I, t- I retract my <laughs> statement. All the pine trees should be 15 feet to save Bam Margera's <laughs> cranium. But, I mean, really, though, it's like, I, I mean, the thing that I was thinking was this is a guy who is, you know, a national, if not international, celebrity. Bam Margera? Yeah. Yeah, definitely right? international. And, definitely and, international. And he is dealing with this, and it takes another celebrity to sort of, like, pull him out. Right. And, you know, he's got the money to do something. But, I mean, I'm thinking and maybe about these regular everyday people. You maybe, know, I, have, I think that's a good point, though. Um, I never really thought about it like that, and now it kind of gave me the thought. Maybe it, that's what it takes sometimes when you have – when you're, like, kind of, like, up on these higher levels, like you're a celebrity, you feel like – Maybe the people below you, the general public, don't really understand what it's like. Uh, and your parents, maybe just you're tired of hearing it from them. They don't get it. And then somebody like this, who is uh, a peer, maybe in his mind, that Lamar Odom's a successful athlete. He's, you know, a celebrity, all that stuff. Maybe that's what it takes is someone like that relating to to you and to be able to con- make that connection instead of like, oh, nobody understands like peer group. how it feels. Right, someone in his peers. Someone in his peers. Uh, one of his peers, besides a family member, or uh, you know, or like, like a, one of the dummies that he usually, you know, it an opportunist. Like maybe just enough distance, right? But also in that same. I don't know. That's I mean, a good point. It's that's it. But uh, but then you Fingers think crossed. back on it. It's like, gosh, is there are there ways to implement this sort of thing for all the other sort of right struggling folks that yeah. are just out there. That's you know? that's a really good thing. We should be looking at situations like this and identifying what works and what doesn't. Like look back on his progress and his path and and say this didn't work. We shouldn't be trying this with other people. Let's try this 
approach maybe maybe they'll you know these guys will listen to someone they look up to or respect so we just need instead a of just whole some bunch of these <laughs> right right we yeah. just need all the lamar That's a good point. To start, <laughs> start helping us yes please <laughs> I, I would love that if celebrities did that more uh speaking of celebrities arguably the biggest living soccer player in the world lionel messi is moving to miami this was a huge deal. He announced yesterday that he signed with Inter Miami after a, th- a year of three-way negotiations. Uh, get this. Also included Barcelona. They offered him $500 million. He said no. $500 million a year, David. Saudi Arabia offered Golly. him Saudi Arabia offered him $1 billion. A year? A billion dollars. A billion annually. For, y- for a year to m- play for the Saudi team. He said no. He decided to go with Miami for less than $400 million a year, but still very significant. One of the highest sports players in the world at that rate. But pretty wild. His uh, contract with Paris Saint-Germain expires at the end of the month, so he's already made his choice. And David Beckham, one of the co-owners of uh, Inter-Miami, what do you think of that? Well, now I see why he didn't come to Merced. <laughs> He only offered him three hundred million. Yeah, right. right? I mean, um, good gosh, <laughs> that. I sorry, it just makes me sick. But you know, yeah. I mean, uh, I know, man. Miami, fine, right? Apparently, he did this because he said that it was uh, better for his family. That if he was going to go to any of the other places, that it wasn't as family friendly. Or he has young kids, and he likes the idea of going to Miami and Disneyland and. Different things like that, I guess he was Well, if he went to Saudi Arabia, he could have lived in the line. (laughs) You seen that? Right? They're building this building that goes out into the middle of the desert. Oh, my God. And it's got like a, it's just a line. I haven't seen that. It's like solar panels on top of it. Oh, man. We should have a. Sounds fantastic. We should talk about it. (laughs) We should talk about it next week. All right. No, but uh, I would say he probably, um, he probably, yeah. I mean, Miami is in Florida, Saudi Arabia. Getting, I mean, the rule, the laws are getting desert, like, tropical paradise. Yeah, I mean, the uh, laws are starting to be kind of similar to one another. <laughs> that is very right? true. Just Florida as long, man. hopefully, he doesn't have any kids that might get kidnapped. I know. From, uh, He's going to run into a lot of Florida man. Uh, yeah, a lot of Florida man situations down there. We'll see what happens with that. All right, this smoke tracker, man, this is crazy. The wildfire smoke in the eastern U.S. Have you seen videos of this yet? Uh, I gotta show it to you because it's pretty wild. Uh, let me let me find this here for you guys. If you haven't seen these time lapse f- uh, videos of this smoke that's on the east coast of the U.S. right, the United States right now, you gotta check it out. I'm gonna play it here on the podcast. You guys can check it out on demand on our YouTube channel, youtube.com at Rock News Weekly. All right, so check this out. Good golly! All right, I'm gonna play it for David here, and I'm gonna play it for all My you gosh. guys. Pretty bad, huh? Well, it was the worst major city for air quality in the world. Uh, all right, on so Friday, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the the screen for everybody watching. Let's check this out. That is just terrible. Here is time lapse footage of New York City with the the smoke, and this is all in a matter of three hours: eleven, twelve, one. My by by two gosh. o'clock, it looks like an apocalypse. Almost zero visibility. Yeah, it's a red orangish hue. You can't see anything. Uh, it's pretty pretty crazy. And huh? then Jesus comes right out of the and sky. And then Jesus came. 
riding down on a dinosaur. All right. Uh, no, but yes, the smoke was drifting steadily south, southwest. More than 400 wildfires are burning in Canada right now. So officials have asked for help from other countries. The U.S. has sent 600 firefighters. But these Canadian wildfires are something they've never had before. And it's pretty wild. So a lot of games were postponed, flights. Um, they say that if you're in one of the areas, get an air purifier with a HEPA filter and keep your AC on the recirculate setting. Don't be uh, bringing that out. But imagine how crazy that would be, right, to have to deal with smoke of that magnitude. That seems like just very, very intense. Well, and I mean, this is one of those things that, we in California have been dealing with for a while, and that yep. has... East Coast doesn't really have too much experience with this. Yeah, that has... Uh, the the arid summer is not something that they're used mm-hmm. to having. But the more and more we will see these kinds of uh, spring conditions, you'll, you'll see these kinds of fires even more. Crazy, huh? All right. Well, let's move on. This was uh, some kind of sad and interesting news (laughs) i'm a huge fan of bob burgers and i didn't know that jimmy pesto was played by a guy by the name of jay johnston well this actor and voiceover artist was arrested on wednesday in california and charged for participating in the january 6th riot at the u.s capitol according to court documents bob's burger actor uh what's his name jay johnston faces uh charges of felony obstruction of officers during civil disorder, in addition to other misdemeanor charges. Good golly. Yeah. Kind of crazy, huh? They're everywhere. The, uh, the the picture there, he's a pretty... It's pretty close. like him. Without the mustache. the mustache. Yeah, but I mean, it looks almost exactly the like him. nose shape and everything. <laughs> now, I mean, darn. You know? Oh, justice being served. Shucks. Yeah, being had held responsible for your ignorant actions. Oh, well. I wonder what he did, though. I don't know. Who knows? We'll have to look up some footage, I guess. All right, this is the last story of the week. This new church wants to get you high with synthetic toad venom. What do you think about this? Hell hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) A church is dedicated to serving up psychedelics, and it was founded by a group of Army veterans. So, I mean, uh, on the surface, this sounds kind of salacious and kind of cheesy, but it actually comes from a place of honesty here. So these Army veterans suffer from major... PTSD, right? Uh, they've been trying to find ways of dealing with PTSD in new, in new different ways. And apparently, this hybrid substance of a hallucinogenic toad venom and psilocybin from mushrooms um, are reimagining this religion that they're trying to create with the help of its 1,750 members. It has an incredible release factor for people with trauma, but not everyone is ready for the deep dive, said one co-founder. The genesis of the religious experience was to prevent veteran suicides in tandem with PTSD, citing that 44 veterans a day die by suicide. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That's a super sad statistic. So to me, anything I feel like can be used at this point to help. Like, let's explore all the options, right? Yeah. So they say the drug is less intense and stimulating than mushrooms, but more ego softening and heart opening like this uh, other DMT type of drug, while still feeling profoundly energizing. They say, quote, I usually send 20 to 40 orders out per day, says Shara Lecter, who runs the delivery service by herself from Austin. Describing the experience, one of the people said, quote, it was the most beautiful experience I ever had. Ryan Began, a Marine Corps veteran, 
who has also campaigned for access to cannabis. He was among those who first consumed the drug with uh, Benoit on a five-day retreat at an Airbnb in rural Texas, in which they ate simple food, went hiking, and swam in the Colorado River. He said, quote, it showed me how much ability we have within ourselves to create who we want to be, end quote. The church has more than 1,750 members. Uh, the sacrament is now being produced in Michigan and sent to Mexico to be produced into a chocolate and capsules back in Austin and gummies in California. Members around 110 of whom are U.S. veterans pay $300 for a six-month supply of daily microdoses, which equates to 28 grams. It would also be enough for about 10 medium-strength trips. They live all over. Church records show congregants from Europe, North America, UAE, Japan, and Australia. So what do you think of all that? Well, I mean, I look at something like this, and I wonder a few things. I mean, I, what's the? Do you have any idea what the name of this church is? That is a great question. Like, I, we should look at this. But I, it's like one of those things that I think about uh, religious organizations. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit skeptical, you know, especially when um, they try and say that they're a new church or a new religion, that type of a thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But I mean, um, when it comes to veterans. I, one of the things that I that I've noticed, uh, you know, I, I teach and I have a lot of veterans that are my students, and um, they're some of my best students. Some some really honest, you know. I you know I talk a lot about you know American imperialism and things like that, and mm -hmm. I, you'd think they would be the first ones to be like, "Hey, how dare you?" They're the ones who are able to have the most honest understanding of that and understanding, and they often are, you know, agree with me in a lot of ways. But what I find is that they lack purpose and community that they had when they were in the military, right? And that's right. the biggest challenge yeah. is that they were in this organization where you had a purpose, you were doing something every single day, and there was that sort of rule abiding that that fills a piece of your um, kind of your you know your purpose in life. Yeah. And, when they, you know, when they come back, they often have a lot of trouble because they're not in that community anymore. They've had all these traumatic experiences in their service. And I don't know. I mean, I think a religious or, and you know, not everyone is necessarily religious in, uh, you know, a, a metaf metaphysical sure. sense. And so I think something like this could be very good. Now, I, I always wonder, like, how much, how much, uh control and coercion is used in any religious context but i could see this could be something that's uh that's a good thing for people this says um, uh i don't know the, you asked the church name i found it it says welcome to the church of silomethoxin so the church of silomethoxin that okay. is the name of of this and basically i don't even really think it's an act you know i'm not i think church is being used here very loosely it seems like this is like more of like a group kind of controlled setting where they go out and do things in nature and things like that. But it doesn't look like they actually have a place, you know, of worship or some kind of, uh, you know, but it, it, they have a church choir. They have members all around the world. Um, so it, it does seem interesting, this kind of yeah. um, approach to it. With I mean, dealing if, they, with past I trauma. See if they keeping it safe, um, you know, sort of i mean because that's a that's a big huge challenge is people come back they're dealing with trauma and they sometimes become dependent on on other substances and having some sort of uh controlled setting 
Yep. Right. And, you know, I don't I, I have not personally uh, used psilocybin or anything like that, but I know people talk about uh, the benefits, the clarity that you get from. Yeah. Uh, from it kind of takes away the ego. Uh, so to yeah. speak, and it makes you evaluate your life choices or uh, kind of in depth and kind of really makes you think about certain things. So, yeah, I could definitely see how this could be a beneficial thing for people with trauma. So hopefully I, I think more of these things, you know, should be explored in controlled settings and, uh, you know, done the proper way. And yeah. I think that, you know, it could be a, a, a gateway to dealing with trauma that's been taboo and kind of pushed off to the side or or uh, you know said that you know this is not the way to do it this isn't socially acceptable i think you know at this point if we have 44 veterans dying a day we need to come up with something and why not why not give them give these things a shot right yeah i would keep my eye real close on a group like this definitely i agree (laughs) yeah it could turn into another heaven's gate type of thing right uh and that would not be a good thing well anyway that's it for us this week, guys. That's it for the Rock News Weekly podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Everything at rocknewsweekly.com every week. All socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at Rock News Weekly. Watch us live every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. See you later.